some of the lessons that I've learned were one thing is really to um, to to not wait to to learn and grow. And so, you know, when I started my law firm, it took me a little while to realize all the things that I didn't know. When I decided to start a second consulting business, I I had a little bit more humility because I knew, you know, this is a new field for me. Yes, I've run a business, but um, I need to work with professionals. Hello, welcome to Monetizing Mompreneurs podcast, where I take you behind the scenes with industry leaders, entrepreneurs, moms, working professionals, and amazing people pursuing their passions and going for their dreams. And I'm your host, Linda Mendeble. I am here with Miriam. She is a lawyer, writer, and entrepreneur. While raising three kids, she's built a seven-figure women-led law firm specializing in civil rights, criminal defense, and immigration. She relied on trial and error and learning on the job to build the firm into a profitable business that aligned with her work-life balance. Out of that, she decided to write a book and create digital products designed to specifically help lawyer moms build aligned practices. She still runs her firm and basically she is the owner of her firm, but with her husband, they are raising her three kids along with some chickens on their land outside of Richmond VA. I hope I didn't butcher that bio, but Miriam, welcome to the show. No, that was perfect, Linda. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I absolutely love your story. And you were kind of like going into that you were first like the single mom. So can you tell us a little bit about your story and how you got to where you're currently at? Sure, I would love to. So I'm a lawyer um, by trade. And I uh, earlier in my career, I worked as a public defender, as a legal aid attorney. I my what I really wanted to do was be a trial lawyer. I loved trying cases. Uh, you know, growing up as a kid, I loved those stories and the courtroom dramas, and I was really passionate about that. So I had some wonderful opportunities earlier in my career and um when uh, after several years, I was working at a law firm and and just absolutely loving it, working seven days a week, trying big cases. I had some wonderful mentors. Everything was going great. And um, in 2016, I uh, went through a divorce. Uh, I also had my daughter. So I became a mom and a single mom at the same time. And I realized very quickly that my current work schedule was not going to work with that. I couldn't work seven days a week, late at night, weekends, um, early mornings with a baby and especially doing it on my own at that time. But I loved practicing law and I loved being a trial lawyer. So I really wasn't willing to give any one of those things up. So I started a law practice and I became what I call a accidental entrepreneur. Wow. I mean, and, you know, we were talking a little bit, just a tiny bit about it, right? Like when we're moms, that's why we have the show is, is that, you know, I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs in the online field and a lot of them don't have kids, you know, and it's, and it's very hard kind of like to see someone blow up and tell you all the go, go, go hustle this and do that when when you have children, it's very difficult to kind of like do that mom life balance and, and manage that. And so 
what did you start to do? You know, as a single mom, you, you're in this lawyer thing. Then what happened? <laughs> you know, I look back on those years really fondly now. Um, it feels like a lifetime ago. And I know it was really difficult. I remember the, the challenging times, frankly, the dark times. But I also am very grateful for that period in my life because I, I had to make it work. I was a new mom. I was a single mom. I had a limited number of hours in the day that I could make my business take off. I didn't start with a lot of financial capital. Um, and as many parents know, you know, daycare hours, pretty much best case scenario are going to be like 7.30 to 5.30. I think my daughter's was eight to five or something like that. Um, you know, their the babies get sick, daycares closed. So you have a lot of other demands on your time. For me, that ended up being such a, such a good thing in, in the long run because it made me really focused. It made me really efficient. And I almost feel like everything non-essential, everything that, you know, was, was not moving my business forward during the workday sort of fell to the wayside because I just didn't have time for it. I had to be getting in you know, bringing in new clients, getting business, signing on new clients, earning my fees, closing out cases. And that's all I had time for. Amen. I mean, absolutely. Like my kids have definitely been a blessing. Yes. Challenges, right. Mm -hmm. They go along it, but you're right. It does make you kind of be more efficient. You get to do a lot more in that two hour block that you have than you ever did when, you know, before kids, you know, Absolutely. And yeah, they don't they bring out the best out of you. Like I'm so thankful for my kids because I feel as though like if, if they made me a better entrepreneur, they've made me a better person, you know, and I'm able to do like a lot more, you know, even though we wouldn't think so, right? Oh, absolutely. I am, you know, it just it it's kind of cliche, but it just changes everything in your life. It changes how you view the world. Um, I think it made me a better lawyer. It made me more passionate in a lot of ways because I, you know, I, rep I work with families who have gone through traumatic incidents. I have, I represent families whose loved ones are charged with crimes or families that are trying to immigrate to the U.S. and, and be reunited and, or build a life here. So, you know, I feel like I connect with my clients and with my cases on an even deeper level. Um, so that's made me a better lawyer. It's made me a better business owner because I'm hyper-focused, I'm uh, efficient, and it really, it you know, it, it's cliche, but it just, it makes you realize what's important. And that, that was true for me in my personal life and also in my business. Amen. Okay. So let's go into your story. So you had your little one, you're having to juggle, right. Being a lawyer and have, you know, having a little and being a single mom. So how did two more kids got into the, the game, right? <laughs> so in the, in the early days when my law practice was born, it was me and my daughter. Uh, she was my, my first born and it was a challenging time. It was an amazing time, very formative. Um, I remarried. And so I, you know, her and I had our, our time when it was just the two of us. And in hindsight, that's really special. But then I met my husband who is amazing. Um, he had a son. And so I inherited, uh, my stepson, my oldest son, and then we had a baby. So it was kind of like a, a mini Brady bunch type of situation. Um, and so now we're a blended family with three kids and, you know, uh, that was, that was several years ago. So 
Um, we are now a busy family of five and uh, my firm has grown exponentially. Um, and that's, you know, that's what we're doing. That's what we've got going on now. Oh my gosh. So wonderful. So basically I'm going to, you know, because you said while raising three kids, you mm-hmm. built a seven figure woman led law firm. And so how did that look when you, so you had the blended family and then, you know, what did it look like juggling a blended family and then also, you know, being a seven figure woman led law firm? Like what would, what would you say was your secret sauce for getting into that seven figure mark in your business? You know, I've become really addicted to um, professional development and self-improvement. And, you know, I think this is true across all different fields. I know it's true with law that, you know, being a good lawyer doesn't make you a business person. Um, When you're an entrepreneur, you need to wear so many hats. And because I was, as I say, an accidental entrepreneur, you know, in the very beginning, I was just treading water. I was just trying to do my cases and try to keep the phone ringing and stay on top of deadlines and things like that. Um, I would say that, um, you know, after maybe one to two years in, I just kind of started thinking a little bigger. And um, I, I don't know that I can pinpoint a specific source. I've ever since I started my practice, I've really just tried to learn as much as I can. I do, I've done webinars and masterminds and Uh, continuing education. And, you know, I've read all the business books and listened to all the business podcasts. And um, I really, I saw what some other lawyers, law firms were doing, and also just what other industries are doing. Um, You know, and and you touch on this so much in your work, there is just, there's been an explosion of women-led businesses in all different industries, particularly since the pandemic. And I just felt so inspired. It really expanded my vision. And I started thinking about what was possible. So I didn't have to stay small. I didn't have to, you know, run my law practice. I could grow it and I could hire other lawyers and I could um, expand, you know, open up other offices and things like that. And once I realized that that was possible, I started seeing so many different possibilities and opportunities for the firm. I really dove into learning everything that I could about every aspect of business, uh, hiring, training, creating systems, marketing, uh, digital marketing. And, um, the firm has just grown steadily and exponentially since then. I think for any entrepreneur in any field, investing in yourself is the best investment. And every time I've done that, it's paid off. Absolutely. I mean, for me as well, like even, even things, even if there was just one nugget of wisdom that I received on something that I invested in, like it was totally worth it because that one nugget turned into a lot of profit. Right. I mean, like, for instance, I remember I took, you know, as a web designer, I wanted to make my systems faster and, you know, quicker and easier. And I saw like one of the caveats, I guess, that I had was the biggest complaint was how long something took. Like as a web designer, a lot of web designers had the same problems, getting items from, you know, receiving items from the client. And so I thought about like, how can I make this quicker, faster? And I think what really helped me was taking, I remember this one course on web design, it was a $97 course that helped me kind of like streamline and think of web design in a different way, in a different perspective. And that's what these courses and these personal growth things do. And that's another reason why we have FB Lives in our Monetizing Entrepreneurs Facebook group. 
and we're doing bundles and we're doing summits is because we need a different perspective, right? That different perspective can take us out of maybe that hole that we were in that we couldn't see outside of, right? And, and I've and I've sat down with many entrepreneurs, especially the ones that have made it past six figures to seven figures, and they constantly say it's about personal growth, right? And that you hit it, and you hit it on the nail, like you said, like you know, personal growth was the biggest thing. And I think, you know, listening to a lot of these business, right, they say that it could be a lot of woo, right? It could be woo believing in this, but we have to have like a ton of faith <laughs> and create the, and create the SOPs and create the hiring. I mean, hiring was very difficult on my side, but now I, I went, I had to, I had to learn how do I hire better? What is it that I'm seeing differently, you know? And I mean, every aspect, like you said, we may wear a lot of hats and every aspect is different. So now you're growing the law firm. You, you have all your peeps, you know, you got everyone in line, you're doing your digital marketings, you're doing, you know, all of these things. And now you kind of pivoted, right? You saw kind of maybe a hole in the market and now you're teaching other mom lawyers, which I think is absolutely fantastic, right? Like how to create their own amazing and profitable firms, correct? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, that's something that I've been so excited about. I actually had a consulting session with a client uh, this morning before our call, and I mean, the time just flies by. I, I'm enjoying it so much. Um, I'm so passionate about helping other women uh, attorneys open their own law firms or make their law firms more family friendly. So it's really given me so much energy. Um, and um, it, it came about so organically, right? So, you know, once I really committed to growing my firm, to learning everything and just being open to growth, which I think is really important for an entrepreneur, um, I another milestone that I reached sort of, you know, personally in my career was um, when my daughter started kindergarten. Because as most parents know, daycare is one thing, you know, you have a pretty normal work day for daycare, eight to five or whatever, but then kindergarten starts. And then all of a sudden now it's nine to three or eight 30 to two 30. And, you know, we know nationally that childcare is, is a huge issue for all parents, but, you know, for me, it was really, um, I, I stopped and thought about how am I going to handle this? You know, are we going to find an aftercare program? Are we going to, um, uh, you know, hire a nanny, like, how is this going to work? And I just thought, you know, I think I can make this work because I'm, I own my own business at that point. I've got, uh, you know, other attorneys and support staff. I think I can make it work and, and shift my time around so that I could pick them up from school. And that's not, that wasn't like a long-term, uh, a longly, uh, that wasn't something that I had planned for a long time. Um, it just kind of happened. And, um, also my daughter started kindergarten during COVID so that, you know, there was a lot of childcare challenges during that time, but that really was a huge turning point for me in making my firm more family friendly. Up to that point, I had been focused on growth and revenue, you know, kind of the standard business stuff. But from, but at that point I started thinking, well, what do I need as a working mom? What do I need? What do I want? And then in turn, what can I offer the rest of my firm? Because, you know, we're a women-led law firm. We have other, other moms working here, other people with family demands. Um, and so that 
was a point where I really started focusing on my law firm culture. You know, uh, how were we going to accommodate family responsibilities of our team? Because I didn't want it to just be for me. I wanted it to be for all of us here. And that, that is what grew into my second passion project, which is um, helping people build family-friendly law firms, because it's been really important for me. Um, it's also actually been great for our firm because we've attracted amazing talent um, and we've sort of gained a reputation for having this type of culture. So, you know, once we kind of started doing that, I was just getting informal calls and messages from other women attorneys in my area things, saying things like, hey, I, I heard you only work part-time now. You know, how are you doing that? Those sorts of things. So I started having lunches and coffees and you know, putting together documents to help, help people out. And then it just sort of grew into a book and grew into some digital products. And then I realized there really was a need for it. And it was something that I was really passionate about and also something that I can really speak to authentically because it's a hundred percent my own experience. And so now I, I do that as well. I have a consulting business and that's been incredible. That's amazing because it, it reminds me of like my story as well, because that's one of the reasons why I host the group and why we have the podcast and, you know, why we have these different avenues of visibility for mompreneurs, because the number one question I got, like yours was, how are you working just part-time? Mine was, how are you getting clients? Because boom, I have these three kids, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm getting client work and, you know, which, which this morning I was working on a, on a client work um, before getting ready for um, this meeting as well, on top of moving on top of all of this. And, you know, I think answering those pressing questions that we're getting so much and having an avenue that we can answer them sometimes lead into, you know, one of our callings, right? And I really feel like, you know, business is not just business. It can definitely be a calling because you're making, you're helping women make their lives a lot easier, right? Yeah. It's so, I feel so fortunate, honestly. Um, you know, I, I started my practice in 2016 and at that point there were very few real resources like beginner's guide to starting a law practice and there definitely weren't any resources for building a family friendly law practice i mean that's not a thing that's that basically is doesn't exist in law so when i wrote this book i really truly wrote it as what i wish i had back then as a new mom as a single mom starting a practice you know, what did I need or what do I wish I had? And, you know, like you use the word calling. I mean, I, I, I felt called to law and I still love law. I'm still, you know, in my law firm. Um, I still run things. I still uh, am heavily, deeply involved in our casework and I'm passionate about that. But now I have this second passion that really grew out of my own personal life and personal experience. And I think that uh, the work that you do is so important to highlight, um, you know, entrepreneurs who are moms. Um, and I'm really proud to be a part of this, a part of this, this movement. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. So, okay. So I want to go deeper into kind of like, you're now you're dabbling, you're meeting with people, and everything like that. You're seeing the needs and now you're kind of creating your own movement. I love, love, love how 
you know, you become kind of like you're a business coach, but you're a business coach for a lawyer. So you kind of niche down. Did you ever think like, I'm going to be a business coach for all people, you know, or was it like, you know what, I specifically know my expertise can help lawyers specifically, like what made you make that decision? That's such a great question. I, and it's funny because when I submitted my book manuscripts, the the first question the publisher asked was, are you sure you really just want to speak to, to lawyer moms? That seems pretty specific. You know, do we want to do like all lawyers or, you know, all parents? And I thought about it a lot and I decided to really keep my focus on lawyer moms for a few reasons. One, it's what I know. It's what I'm comfortable with. Um, every piece of advice, every, every coaching call that I have is really drawn from personal experience. And I can really honestly and authentically help guide people uh, through what I went through myself. Um, the second piece is that there's a lot of data about uh, women lawyers in particular, and I relied upon that and I researched that quite a bit when I was writing the book and, um, you know, law is something that you have to really go into intentionally. We have to go through law school. We have to take the bar and it takes years earlier in your career to build up a client list and to, to build up enough experience where you kind of get to start doing the good stuff. Right. Um, and yet the data shows that up to one third of women attorneys leave their careers in their 30s and 40s. Um, and these numbers have been floating around for a few years, but the American Bar Association did a study in 2021 um, that, uh, you know, released a bunch of these numbers. And, you know, those numbers are just really mind blowing. I mean, imagine a third of a field leaving at the height of their career, um, just when they've really got a lot of experience and skill. And the number one reason that women lawyers cite for leaving their careers are family and home pressures. So that told me that this wasn't a teeny tiny niche, um, that there are, you know, thousands of, you know, tens of thousands of, of women going through this. And I felt that that was really significant and that that deserved um, you know, some resources and, and some attention. Absolutely. I mean, I'm getting chills just talking to you, to be honest, because I feel like you're doing such big work and it may go unnoticed a little bit. Cause I know that, um, like I follow you on IG and everything like that, but I think you're honestly going to blow up and you're going to be such a blessing to so many people and especially so many women lawyers. And I'm so glad that you stuck to your guns, you know? You're like, no, this is where I want to be. This is what I know, because it can be intimidating saying, you know, someone says, are you sure? Someone that's a publisher that works with books as an expert at books asking you, are you sure? I mean, how did that conversation go? Um, it was something that I had thought about, you know, I, one, one aspect that I thought about was, you know, if I'm creating these resources to help moms, am I sort of perpetuating the idea that work-life balance is only a, a job for moms? In other words, you know, shouldn't all parents be wanting work-life balance? And I do believe that. And I do hope that, um, you know, we have increased equality and that both parents are, you know, fully engaged, but I came back to, you know, really the same two, two things. One, you know, this is who I am and this is what I know. And two, even if it is a problem for everybody, the numbers show that 
women are the ones who feel it's a problem right now. So I think that we're the ones who need to solve it for ourselves and kind of create a system that works for us. Um, and then, you know, guys can, can copy us if they want. <laughs> Amen. I, I mean, you know, there, I feel like, um, right. There's bro marketing, right. That they say, and then there's, I feel like, um, there's a niche for everyone. And, um, you know, I listen to, you know, male led podcasts and listen to women led podcasts. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, when I started my current thing and just jumping off of like piggybacking of what you said, you know, I also feel more comfortable, you know, just, I do interview, like I, I am open to interviewing males as well. Um, and everything like that, because sometimes we do need that male perspective, you know, on certain things. And I feel like there are certain experts that have that. And, but I really wanted to kind of like, just bring women together and bring women together in this like collaborative thing. And I feel as though like, bravo, you know, for sticking to your guns and like saying, no, we're going to stick to this There's a need here. And I want to be the one to facilitate this need. So I think that's bravery on your end. So I do want to get into like the nitty gritty on how you're like strategically growing your business because you're, t you're now you have kind of like two businesses, right? You have your firm. And so I want to talk about like how you're bridging the gap of building this new business, right? So what are you taking from building your firm from your years of experience? Like you said, a lot of women are leaving it and you did it. Obviously you have a passion for law that you didn't want to leave, you know, this business and everything like that. And I do see that need with like, how do I balance it all? That's one of the major questions we get in our Facebook group is like, how do we manage, how do we balance it? Right. How do we do this thing? So how are you doing this thing? How are you taking your seven figure expertise on building a law firm because I'm sure it's a little bit different to building now your business coaching you know business <laughs> yeah I mean it's been a lot more fun the second time around right because it wasn't as stressful I mean when I started my law practice I you know it was really hand-to-mouth I mean I one I didn't know what I was doing <laughs> I had no experience and I you know that was my livelihood so I um my law firm was growth by trial and error and learning this time around. I'm really, I've had so much more fun. Um, and I did take a lot of lessons from it as far as how I'm balancing it. You know, my law firm, I, I actively manage it, but I manage a team of absolute rock stars. So I have a director of operations. I have a chief attorney. So I have, I kind of do a lot of top level approval and input and strategy, but I'm not in the trenches as much. Uh, certainly not like I was in the beginning. Um, so uh, my, my schedule, I guess my work life at the firm is much more regular and relaxed than it was when I was, you know, really just sort of clawing my way up to that first business. So my typical schedule in my law firm is, uh, I usually work about nine to two 30. Sometimes I go in a little earlier, our kind of personal schedules. My husband drops the kids off at school and I come to work and then I leave work at two 30 and pick them up and hang with them in the afternoons and, you know, take them to gymnastics and swimming and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then he works, you know, sort more of a, a nine to five type day. Um, so I'm still in the firm, you know, a good 20, 25 hours a week. And then um, the consulting business, I, I schedule 
you know, sort of as, as is necessary. So with, you know, I schedule private consulting sessions with clients um, and uh, speaking events and things like that, but I, I keep pretty normal hours with that. Um, some of the lessons that I've learned were one thing is really to, um, to, to not wait to, to learn and grow. And so, you know, when I started my law firm, it took me a little while to realize all the things that I didn't know. When I decided to start a second consulting business, I, I had a little bit more humility because I knew, you know, this is a new field for me. Yes, I've run a business, but um, I need to work with professionals. I need to, you know, learn more about, uh, you know, uh, social media. Social media as a consultant is different than social media as a law firm. Um, working with, you know, publicists and things like that. Working with a book publisher was a, a whole whole new experience. So I came into my second business with a lot of confidence because I had already built a successful business, but also humility that there was going to be a lot to learn and that was okay. Um, the, the other thing that I, I learned and brought with me to my second business is really that being true to myself and being authentic. And so that came for me, that came with time and experience, that confidence, you know, like you said, to stick to my guns, to really have my own vision and not just kind of go with the flow. Um, and so I brought that into the consulting business and it really, uh, you know, I, it, it's really me, you know, it's really authentic to me. And, um, that has been, uh, a difference with the second business. Okay. So I have a lot of pressing questions. So what are you like focusing on in establishing this business? Like what was your, like your first, you know, business of operations, like your first day, like we got to get XYZ, we got to get on IG, we got to get on threads. Cause you know, that's the new thing now. I know. <laughs> I know. There's always something new. That's the thing about entrepreneurship. You know, it's you if you've always got to be growing because um there's always something new. There's always something different. Um, so I uh I turned to a again like a women's uh women business owners network for my consulting business. I actually really went outside of the legal profession in terms of who I wanted to work with because it was it was a different um although the my clients are lawyers, you know, it was very like you said, niche to women. And um, I really wanted to draw from other fields. That's another lesson that I've learned is that you know, you don't need to stay in your lane. You can learn things from other fields, other disciplines as well, um, and then apply it to your work. So with my consulting business, you know, I knew that digital marketing was going to be an issue. Social media was going to be an issue. And, um, I wanted to work with, with, experts on that. Um, so I worked with an amazing agency called Leo and Lane that I met through a, a women business owners group. Um, and th the look, the vibe, the content is very different. It was much more personal. You know, they've come out and filmed, uh, we've done content batch days, like at my house. Um, we have a reel that, uh, ended up being sort of accidental, but they were filming something and my, son who was four at the time jumped over the couch and knocked over a vase and it shattered like in the middle of the of the shoot <laughs> that they were doing um so it's been uh much more sort of personal and and kind of the uh flowing and overflowing between my my work and my personal life my family amen because i mean that's the basis right that's like mm -hmm. what the groundwork right what you're doing is kind of like you know you're in the mission field with that mm -hmm. okay so you would say then, so number one was understanding the landscape and how you want it to be perceived. Exactly. And, and the great thing about 
now that didn't really exist when I started my first business was just the, the resources that are out there, you know, the, the mom groups, the women entrepreneur groups, the, the podcasts, um, all of that are places are great places to not just learn, but also connect with experts. I'm, I'm not a big DIYer by nature. And, you know, many people, when you're starting a business, especially if it's your first business, sometimes you have to DIY it. You don't have any, any revenue yet. I had a little bit of a luxury with starting my consulting business that I already had my law firm, uh, which was profitable. And so I was able to invest upfront, uh, in working with, working with people who were good at things that I wasn't good at. And that was, uh, that was really critical as well. All right. So number two, you know, seeking out talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> seeking out talent or resources that will help you get to where you want to go. Definitely. Right? I think sometimes we we overlook that and we don't understand how important it is to collaborate with talented individuals. You know, I know that I, you know, I thought I had to do a lot of things by myself and alone. And I thought that it would be difficult to have a team or have a team member. I know for the longest time I wanted to have that team member. And, you know, when I first started, right. <laughs> Cause you're like, but I didn't even know how to utilize a team member at that time. But I feel like as you get more seasoned, you kind of see, okay, there's a lot of things. I, like you said, you approach it with humility, right. At first, because you knew, okay, there's a lot of things I don't know. So I'm going to have to bring on people that do know and I have to humble myself in order to bring those people. I know like, you know, in the beginning when we were all doing it by ourselves and stuff like that, like, no, I, I can't, I can't do that because I can't afford it. But I think you have our season enough. Like I need to bring on an expert, mm-hmm. you know, or I won't be able to do this. You know, affordability is out the window because I won't be able to even afford moving forward. If I don't hire that talent, I'll, I'll take longer, right. Time versus you know, quality, right? Yeah. And, and looking at things as investments rather than just costs. Exactly. Exactly. We think like, oh, I can't afford, you can't afford not to. That's what I want to say. You can't afford not to hire that expert that will help you take you to that next level. And I honestly push people to kind of like, Hey, get an expert, get someone to help you because you cannot afford to have it all on your shoulders. You're going to burn out if you do that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So what was your next? So what is your next thing that you're doing? So you, you got number one, how you want to perceive how you want to be out here in the market. Number two, now understanding who those talented individuals will fit into your vision of what it is that you're doing. And so what would you say this, what is the next step after that? Like, (laughs) I think the next thing is just um, going for it. And, you know, I have a friend who says done is better than good. I think that, um, you know, when you're passionate about something, it's really easy to want to be a perfectionist and to wait and have everything lined up. One of the gifts from my first business, my law firm was that I needed to hit the ground running. Like there, I had no capital and I had no time. I needed to pay the bills. So I was just out there getting cases, you know, working cases and, Um, I didn't really overthink things in the beginning. And although I did obviously have more time and, you know, leisure to, uh, 
be more strategic about my consulting business, at some point you've got to just start doing it. And, you know, your, your Thrivecart page doesn't have to be perfect. And, uh, you know, everything doesn't have to be perfect and synced up before you start, you know, you got to get out there and talk to people and, um, you know, get on calls with people and, um, you know, just rip that bandaid off. Who who is Miriam talking to? Because I know she's talking to me. <laughs> but for me, um, I'm recently switching platforms for our summit, and we're doing Thrivecart. Th I love Thrivecart. Okay, yeah, I thought I've yeah. used Thrivecart. Yeah, and um, and I, you know, I think our, for our final bit, we're gonna talk about the tools that are helping you. But anyways. With the Thrivecart, you know, I love what you're saying because we can get stuck on like, oh, it's not looking perfect. And because we're on our minds on how it should look, we're not actually doing the work, even if it looks messy, right? We're not doing that rough draft. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just got to do that rough draft and then tighten it up as you, as you go, right? <laughs> exactly. And, you know, we're going to be our own worst critic. And so if you end up having to change your logo or swap out your picture, it's fine. It's, it's fine. So it's a combination of some strategy, some strategy and some vision, but also at some point you got to just jump. Amen. Okay. So now let's talk about the tools that are helping you get into those next levels. Cause we got, we got, um, the vision, you know, the branding, the marketing, we got the team, the talent, we got the three, Hey, sometimes you just got to make that final decision and throw it out there and, and put it out there because you never know. Because then you can make the tweaks, you can do the A, B, you know, split testing, all of that jazz, but you won't be able to do that unless you put it out there. And so now we're getting into the tools that will help, right? So what tools do you, I'll talk about mine, uh, you know, after you, but what tools are you, do, are you investing in that you use that help you? So I think number one is um, participating in a network of other women business owners, whether that's more of a general group or a, an industry, industry specific group. I think it's really important to have uh, colleagues and sounding boards uh, to learn from each other. Um, I also think that having either a coach or a mastermind is really important for accountability and growth. Um, those are the, the two big ones that come to mind as far as hold uh, on. So for how, what do you look for in a group? Like, what do you look for? Like, you know, and being part of a community and looking for those colleagues, looking for those collaborators. Well, one is I really, I think it needs to be all positive. I mean, any kind of group where there's any negativity, that's just not moving the ball forward. That's not the kind of energy that I need um, for my personal growth. Not to say that people can't give you, you know, honest answers to questions, but I think the tone is really important. Um, I think also as as similarly situated as the other people can be to you, the better. And so I'm in a small group of uh, women immigration law firm owners, and we're all sort of in the seven figure, I think some of us are approaching eight figure um, categories. And um, this grew organically, we were all part of a bigger mastermind. And then this sort of grew into a, a sort of a subgroup after the mastermind ended. Um, and it's been, it, I mean, you know, we all are having the same challenges and the same, uh, you know, issues in our businesses. And so it's just so valuable um, to have a, a group of people that are going through the same things that are in the same place. I, I don't think you could ever put a price tag on that. 
Absolutely. I mean, that's amazing. So you have like a core center group of women that you guys just, you know, push each other forward, right? That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us are moms. It's not like a requirement, you know, but just by virtue <laughs> of the fact that we're all, you know, in our late late 30s to early 50s, um, a lot of us are moms. And so that's an element too that, you know, we're all dealing with a lot of the same situations and challenges. Absolutely. I mean, my sister cringes because now she's a mom and she cringes when she used to wake up my my kid, my, when she's <laughs> a baby, like, I just want to look at him. Let's just wake him up. And she cringes now. <laughs> now she gets it. <laughs> I'm like, no, let him sleep. Let yeah. me rest. <laughs> um, okay. Cause you know, sometimes when you're a mom, you know, I don't think a lot of people understand what it is like until you're, you know, you're knee deep in motherhood and mm -hmm. you understand it and you're like, oh my gosh, this is what it is. Right. And that's whether you adopt or, you know, or whether, you know, you've given birth to a child doesn't matter because I think it's just that love that you have for your babies. That's so big. Right. And, and it's so amazing. Okay. So now the tool. So I, I, you threw out thrive cart. So any tools that are helping you like do that mom life balance that, you know, that because we all know Instagram, we all know threads yeah. and all those. Is there any like, you know, specific tools that maybe are just not really out there that that you use? So, you know, on social media, I would say Instagram and LinkedIn are the two, you know, biggest ones now. And, and that's, that's kind of depending on your clientele, um, in, uh, you know, in my immigration practice, uh, Facebook is a, a key platform for a lot of my clients. So I think, you know, picking the social media, that's the right platform for my consulting business. I've had a lot of, I've made a lot of connections and had a lot of people reach out to me over LinkedIn. Um, and that's, a, that's a platform that I hadn't previously used as much. So that's been really key. Um, I did use Thrivecart, or I, I should say I do use Thrivecart to create digital products and courses. And um, that was, that's been really user-friendly. I've been really happy with that. Um, you know, I try to make things really easy. And, and because my consulting business is much smaller than my law firm, I, I try to make things really, you know, streamlined with booking through Calendly and, uh, you know, DocuSign and online payments and things like that. I think it's so important in this day and age to be really user-friendly and really, you know, digital-based. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I love it because sometimes when you're first starting a business, you got to be as lean as possible, mm -hmm. and, you know, and then you can really, you know, throw things at it once it's, you know, once it's shown its profitability, right? Once it's shown that, okay, this has, you know, this has, done the work that it's meant to do and it's and it's bringing back the profits that it's meant to bring okay so where can people find you Miriam people can find me on Instagram on uh, LinkedIn on Facebook on TikTok I'm on all the uh, social media platforms I know you mentioned threads that's the new one so I haven't talked to our marketing team about that yet um, but uh, most social media platforms, people can find me, uh, Miriam Arrington Fisher. Um, and um, I love hearing from people. I, I have clients in Canada now. Um, and I just, I love hearing from people all over the place of, um, you know, what their struggles are and, and what I can help with. I, I can't emphasize enough how much I love hearing from other lawyer moms who are going through some of the same challenges. Absolutely. So you're international. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm so thankful for you. Thank you so much for being part of the show. And I can't wait for people to hear this episode.
Thanks, Linda. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have a chance, stop by the website at lindabendable.com. Sign up for the Blog Cure, which is an awesome, awesome course that I created that will help you set up your blog or take your blog to the next level. And join us over at Monetizing Mompreneurs Facebook group. I just want to say again, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.